Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Well, today I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke. Last week it was Matthew. We're going to go to another New Testament uh, book of the Bible. It's Luke. Um, and uh, it's the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to go to chapter 2. And last week we looked at uh, these wise guys, these wise men named the, the Magi, and how they traveled in, in literally almost two years, and they finally found where Jesus was and left him with these gifts, and we discovered some things through that. Today, I want to look at the shepherds in the story, and I want to learn something from the shepherds as we begin to unwrap hope with one another this Christmas. And if you want another title in addition to that, you can just put hope restored. I believe that somebody's hope is going to be restored today. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and it reads, In those days a decree went from Caesar Augustus. What are those days? It's the days when Jesus is about ready to be born. That the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered each to his own town. Now think about this for a moment, okay? Uh, because Christmas to us can be a time of joy, a time of peace, uh, a time of just, you know, like maybe, you know, do some shopping, but you're gonna hang out with family, uh, maybe take some time off. I was talking to somebody this morning, they're taking like almost the whole week off, and that is awesome. Uh, but the original Christmas story was not so peaceful. It was not so quaint. It was not so quiet. Uh, think about what's happening right now is that literally every, everybody in that land, everybody there was now told to go to their home place where they were born, their, 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 their point of origin, go back and to register there. So you have people traveling all over the place, crossing paths. Uh, this was not a peaceful time. This was a very crazy time. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town, and Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, and that would be King David in the Old Testament, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth. Isn't that cute? She wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. Not so cute. Because there was no room for them at the lodging place. And we have a Christmas program coming up this week that you do not want to miss that is going to embody this verse called Hotel Bethlehem, taking place Friday night and on Saturday afternoon. Make sure you grab some information and head out to that. It's going to be awesome. Here he is laying in that, that, that trough because there was no room for him. Verse 8. And in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You, shepherds, will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. 
Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Come on. When the angels had left them and returned uh, to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Think about this. He appears to shepherds and makes it known to them through a musical. Come on, somebody. They hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message. They were told about this child and all who heard it were amazed. So they didn't just stop there. They went out and told other people and everyone that heard it was amazed. At what the shepherds said to them, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Amen. God appears to the shepherds. He comes to them. He finds them where they're at. He appears to them in a way that they can receive it, and he brings gifts of peace and joy. Why peace? Because, man, it was people traveling back and forth. It was a season of unrest. Aren't you glad that God knows what to bring, where to bring it to, and when to bring it? Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, the Lord, you would speak to every person in this place. Uh, God, it's my hope and my prayer uh, that this Christmas season that uh, those of us that don't have hope would receive hope. Uh, God, those of us that do have hope, that we would give hope to somebody else. And uh, that, God, through that, our hearts would be so open to what you want to do. Lord, we love you. Speak to us now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that he is our, our heavenly father. He's a good heavenly father, and he gives good gifts. He knows what to give, when to give, how to give it. He knows where you're at, and we see that right here in this story. I, I remember one Christmas when I was growing up, I had three older brothers, and me and my uh, brother that's just real close to me, two and a half years older than me, uh, we, uh, this one Christmas, I think it was late 80s, uh, maybe mid-80s, ah, probably late 80s, and uh, we wanted what was called a boom box. Now, I just, that just went right over some of your guys and said, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now when I say boom box. Some of you, though, when I said boom box, you started thinking of bright colors and roller skates. Come on, somebody. You want to know something about boom boxes, just go down to Mission Bay one day and where the guys are skating and check it out. But I wanted a boom box. Now, now you, might, you still might not know what a boom box is. Let's just try to put it. Think about when the very first iPhone came out. Y'all remember that? Can you go back that far? All right, remember when the very first iPhone came out, right? And it was like everyone wanted it. Everyone had to have it. It was like a must-have. People waited in line for hours and days just to get the iPhone, okay? That was the boom box back in my day, all right? I wanted a boom box, but I didn't just want any boom box, all right? And, you know, you just put it right up here, and, 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 and you know, you're not going to know this either, but it had a tape deck in it. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what a tape, tape is, a tape deck, all right? Some of you are like, what? They had those, you know, back in your day? I thought that was whatever. My daughter asked me the other day, she's like, Dad, what were movies like back when you were younger? Were they black and white? I was like, I was like how old do you think I am, girl? And so for the next year, she's watching everything in black and white, right? Boombox. I wanted this boombox, but not just any boombox. It was this gray boombox with the tape deck and the speakers detached from it. Come on, somebody. Right? 
Why did they detach? They detached so that you could get a true stereo sound, right? It had this long wire on the back, right? And you could set one speaker about five feet away and then another speaker about five feet away. And, you know, and then you could attach it and you could put it on your shoulder. It was a boom box, all right? And I wanted one so badly. And me and my brother, we found the ones we wanted, these gray ones, and we were so excited. And, and I remember my dad was the master of playing tricks on us. And, and he's like, I don't know, kids, those are kind of expensive. They have these other ones over here, and we kind of go down the line, and there's these little tiny black ones, right? They're just, they're little, and they got these two little itty speakers. We're like, Dad, that is like, not, that's not a boom box, Dad. That, that is, that, that's not going to boom nothing. Like, Dad, we don't. He's like, I don't know, kids, those are more affordable. And, and I was like, okay. And he's like, you know, you know, so, you know, we'll see what God does, you know, if he provides, whatever. And just a little bitty one. So I remember uh, my, my parents, they'd wrap the presents, getting ready for Christmas, days in advance, sometimes a week in advance, just to torture us, right? The presents were under there, and sure enough, there was just two little itty-bitty boxes down there. And we used to be my brother Psalm, and we're trying to have the right heart and the right attitude. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's Christmas, it's about Jesus, right? <laughs> I'm looking at these little things, we're picking it up, we're like, oh man, we got the little ones, you know, and I'm just like, man, you know, literally for days, you know, we go over there, we pick it up, and go over there hoping maybe he swapped it out, you know, and oh no, it's there, and so Christmas morning rolls around, and there it is, those little tiny boxes, and me and my brother, we're, we're trying to act excited, you know, yeah, let's read, let's read the Christmas story, it's about Jesus, <laughs> he doesn't care about me though. So we do the Christmas story thing. It comes time to unwrap gifts. And Dad, no, no, you can't open those ones. Those are for last, you know. And he's good. you're going to love them. And we're just like, yeah, whatever, Dad. <laughs> unwrap our gifts. And we get to those little boxes, and we begin to unwrap them. And as we unwrap them, we realize that my dad had cut a two-by-four the same size as that little itty-bitty boom box. <laughs> Jerk. And... Uh, and he had wrapped it and put it under the tree and then attached to that, but that two by four said, go and look in our closet. And we ran over to the closet and there were those two gray boom boxes with the detachable speakers. Come on, somebody. I was like, I knew it all along, right? We were so excited and so overjoyed because why? My dad knew what to give us on Christmas and he also knew how to give it to teach us a lesson. Come on, somebody. You know something about Jesus, about God, about the Lord Jesus Christ, is he knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it better than you do. But a lot of times we're like I was, we're like, we're like a little kid, maybe not sitting around a Christmas tree, but, but we're looking at our life and we're looking at what, what seems to be something that we didn't want. But God knows what you and I need. God knows what he has in store for us, and it is more incredible than what you think you see right now. Some of us are looking, but it's not really a wash. But if you just continue forward and continue moving towards Jesus, I guarantee you, you are gonna unwrap something that's gonna blow your mind. Are you with me? He knows. He knows what to give to you. He knows how to give it to you. And he knows when to give it to you. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I love the way that God shows up to the shepherds in this story. There's something you got to know about the shepherds. Shepherds, when, when you first start reading the Bible, when you start reading in Genesis, shepherds were actually something uh, uh, notable. They were something good. They, they was like, it was like high class. It was something to be a shepherd. But what happens is, is as you read on and, and the, the children of Israel, the nation, and all of a sudden now they find themselves in Egypt and now they're living in Egypt. And through 400 years of, uh, of living in Egypt, what begins to happen is all of a sudden their mentality begins to shift and now it's, it's farming and it's building that becomes notable. 
And all of a sudden now, shepherding takes the back seat to the point where literally shepherds are looked down upon now. They're looked down upon. This happened in that moment in the Old Testament when they were stuck 400 years in Egypt. The world started to get on them and all of a sudden their mentality started to shift and started to change. And, and now it was like literally if you were a shepherd, you were a nobody. It was even now into the New Testament as we read this story, this Christmas story, the shepherds were nobodies. They were not favored, they were not, but yet this is who God decides to show up to. Amen? He not only shows up to those that everyone else looks down upon, he not only shows up to those that are, are nobodies, are outcasts, are, are, there's, no, there's really no place for you. You just go out there and be with those few sheep. You just, you just go out there. He not only shows up to them and begins to bring favor and peace to them, what he does is he actually begins to restore something to them that was taken from them when they were living in Egypt. Hope comes. He appears to what, what seems to be the lowest. And I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen, that you might be in here today, and, and maybe you don't feel like a, a shepherd. Maybe you don't feel like the lowest of people, but, but maybe you would find yourself going through a low moment in your life. Anybody ever been there before? Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. Maybe you find yourself going through a low moment. Maybe you find yourself going through, through some difficulty, through some pain, and, and it's just like, man, I don't know what's going on, and I feel like I'm a nobody. I don't feel like God. But guess what? That's when hope, come on, so that's when God begins to show up right there in the midst of your circumstance and in your situation. Think about it now. The, the angels could have appeared to anybody. And if I was writing the story, they would have appeared to like kings, Right? Well, why waste the angels? I mean, this was a musical production, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there was a whole host of them, like singing and like, ah! just like that. It was awesome. I was like, why, why, why send them out there where those sheep herders are at? Why don't we, we should send them to kings and priests, people of notoriety, people of nobility, because then they'll get the word out. That would be the best way to spread this. But no, he shows up. He shows up, which tells me this, ladies and gentlemen, that honestly, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand the Bible. It's for anybody and everybody. Are you with me? And you read it, man, and it speaks to you. He shows up to the shepherds. Here's what I learned as I look at this story through the shepherds. Let's learn from them today. We can have hope. Number one, because Jesus shows up where we are. You and I can learn from this story and have hope because Jesus shows up where we are. Now, I know you, you, you came to church this morning. Wasn't worship great today? Amen. And then we, we get to be with our community. And come, some of you get free childcare right now. Come on, somebody. That's why some of you love coming to church. It's like, okay, an hour and 15 minutes without my kids. Whew. Don't lie, no, right? Drop your kids off. You come in here, man, music. Man, the preacher is awesome and funny. The preacher is awesome and funny. Amen. Amen. He amens himself because nobody else does. Amen. And, and you're sitting here, and, and yes, you can meet God here, right? But I want you to know something. 
that, that through this story, here's what we, why we can have hope, because he actually comes and shows up where we are at. He didn't send a messenger out there and say, hey guys, would you come over into the temple because there is a bunch of angels that want to sing you a song right now. No, no, no. The angels go. God sends the angels to give a message to the shepherds in the field, which gives me hope and tells me that if God wants to get something to me and oftentimes something through me, he will show up exactly where I am. Now, I'm not just talking about physical location. I'm talking about where you are at spiritually. Some people think that they need, I, need to, I just need to take care of some things in my life first before I, I, I go meet with Jesus. No, no, you got it all wrong. You need to come and meet with Jesus, and he'll take care of all those things in your life. Amen. He, he, he comes to you right where you, well, I don't know, Pastor, my life, I've been, really, I've been living really bad. He knows. He sees everything. And let's be honest, it's been worse than bad. Right? He shows up to us where we are. That gives me hope. That, that makes me excited. These shepherds are, are out there, and, and they're just doing their thing. And he shows up. I love that he showed up to Moses in the desert right where he was at. I love that he showed up to Gideon in a wine press in the Old Testament right where he was at. I love that he showed up to Paul on the road to Damascus ready to persecute Christians, and he shows up right where he was at. I'm glad he shows up right where I'm, I'm at. And what, there's a story actually in John chapter 8. Just jot down John chapter 8. You can read it later. It starts in verse 1, and, and the headline of this story is the woman caught in adultery. Now this woman, the Bible says you read the story. This is what it says about the story. I would love to know what happened to the man. Come on, somebody. We just hear about the woman. And the Bible says this, that these people, these men, spiritual leaders, some of them, take this woman and drag her before Jesus. See, Jesus, listen to it now, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. It wasn't like she just committed adultery and then she was having a conversation and it got found out. No, like they, they caught her in the act and brought her to Jesus. I love, I love what Jesus does. Jesus just steps back for a moment and looks at the crowd that's accusing her of this sin, which has very clearly happened. He just steps back for a minute and then he gets down and he begins to, to, to write in the dirt. I don't know what he wrote. No one does. It's going to be one of the questions when I get to heaven. Hey, Jesus. I'm telling you right now, Jesus, had you let us pastors know what you wrote in the dirt, we could have just wrote that every Sunday and people have been getting saved. <laughs> right? We had just big, big old sandbox up here. Right? That'd be awesome. I don't know. No, he makes me study and come up with messages. Thank you. And as he's writing, the Bible says that, that they, they all begin to leave. Because Jesus says this. He says, hey, he who without sin, you cast the first stone. They start to leave. Now the woman, you've got to understand, the woman's not just sitting there like, she's ready to get stoned, man. She's like, 
sudden she looks up and they're all gone. Jesus looks and says, hey, where are those that accuse you? Nowhere. He says, go and, go and sin no more. You can't get any closer to showing up where somebody's at than that. See, some of you feel like you've got to fix some things in your life and take care of some stuff and work on this and work on that. But can I tell you something this morning? Jesus is standing at the door of your heart saying, son, daughter, I got you. Son, daughter, I want you. Son, daughter, you don't deserve me, but that's okay. I want to be with you. Son, daughter, hello, I'm right here and I forgive you. He shows up right where we're at. He shows up to the shepherds right where they are at. I will never forget. This is a good message. I'll never forget, man, I was, I, I was a pretty good kid. You can ask my mom. For the most part, I was a pretty good kid. I had about like a seven-month stretch where I was like, I made up for being pretty good by being really bad. But it was just seven months. It's worth something. But I'll never forget on, on one of the, 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 the times I was blowing it the most. I mean, I was, I was living bad. My phone rang. I set down my boom box. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Flipped open my phone. <laughs> I said, hello? There's my mom under there. And she said, Ben? I said, yeah. How are you doing? I said, oh, mom, I'm great. She goes, really? Yeah. Why do you ask? Well, because I want you to know something. I was up all night last night praying for you. I couldn't get you off my heart. I'm fine, mom. Bye. I went off and cried. God knows where you're at. And he shows up where you are, and it gives me hope. Amen. Secondly, I see this with the shepherds. Is it gives me hope because Jesus shows up the right way. Jesus shows up the right way. Now, let me just say this. It was the right way for that moment. Right? I think sometimes we read the Bible, we're like, oh, I like that. Like, I like the way you showed up there, Jesus. Can you show up that way for me? But if you keep reading, what you discover is he didn't show up the same way to everybody. He showed up different. He knew how to show up. And for one person, it was a burning bush. For another person, it was a donkey that talked. Come on, somebody. For, for this time, this hour, I mean, they were longing and waiting for a king to set him free. They're like, man, it's been prophesied. What, the king came? Yes, he came. You're going to find him lying in a manger wrapped snugly in clothes. What? It's not, that's not the way I envisioned Jesus showing up. It's not, that's, it's not really the way I wanted him to show up. But you know what? He knows how to show up to you, and he knows how to show up to me. And when he shows up, he shows up in the right way. Amen? So you see, what we need to learn from the scripture is that he shows up the right way. And that the right way looks different from where it did then, and it looks different for the way it does for me and the way it does for you. But he shows up the right way. I mean, think about it. One thing these guys understood was troughs. Right? They understood animals. They understood, listen to me now, they understood that they were the lowest of the low, and our king showed up. No room for him in an inn. He showed up in a trough that I feed my sheep out of. He showed up 
in a lowly way because they were the lowest of the low. Amen? He knows how to show up for you. He knew how to show up for Mary, an angel, right? He knew, he knew how to show up for Joseph, a dream. He knows how to show up. He shows up the right way. Here's the problem. A lot of us, I, I believe some, a lot of us are like, God, I just want you to speak to me. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I just want to know the direction I'm supposed to walk in. I just need to know. God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And the whole entire time he is. Oftentimes, God's voice sounds a lot like Pastor Ben's voice. Sometimes God's voice sounds like you cracking open your Bible and reading it. Sometimes God's voice sounds like that little internal whisper. Sometimes the voice of God sounds like your spouse's voice. What? Get behind me, Satan. Oh, he's preaching blasphemy now. No. God knows how to show up to you. See, some of you are, are literally waiting. I, I remember this old story about this guy. There was a flood happening, right? Big flood happening. He, he had to climb up on top of his house. This massive flood. And he's up there, and he's like, God, save me. Here comes this little guy in a rowboat. Say, hey, friend, you need help? No. No, I'm good. Waiting on God. All right. God, save me. Big barge comes by. It's a big flood. Hey, you need help? No, I'm good. I'm waiting on God. A couple hours later, water's rising. Helicopter comes. Hey, you need help? No, I'm waiting on God. Guy drowns and goes to heaven. Gets to heaven. He's like, God, what happened? I was praying. I need you to save me. God was like, I sent you a rowboat. I sent you a barge. And I sent you a helicopter. So we just need to open up our eyes and realize it might not, listen, it might not be the way you want him to show up, but he knows how to show up. I'll never forget when I was, uh, uh, man, I was, uh, we were just, just been married. Yeah, married three months, and I was testing to become a police officer because I thought I'd make a really good one. The problem was is God spoke to me to be a pastor, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do that while I'm, while I'm writing people tickets. Come on, somebody. I'll just put a little scripture at the bottom. <laughs> you know? Slow down, you wicked and pervert. Anyway. I'm, I'm literally going, and I'm, I'm a shoe-in for this job because my brother worked there, and he said, Ben, we only have like 40 applicants, and we're hiring like 38 people. Like, if you just show up, you're going to pass the test. It's going to be awesome. Married three months. I'm like, sweet. I'm playing basketball three days before the test. My wife was still in college, and since she was at school all day, I figured I'd be resourceful and go play basketball at the gym. So I'm playing in the middle of the game. Guy gets mad at me and decks me in the face. Yeah, you're poor pastor. I did nothing to provoke that. You are not helping the message at all right now. Ushers, could you escort my wife out, please? I'm, I'm playing. Guy punches me in the face. I spit half my tooth out. And I'm like, what's going on? I'll tell you the whole story later. But I, I pick up my tooth. I leave. I, I go to an emergency dental place. They have to extract the tooth. Completely gone. And, and uh, because of that, I end up getting an infection and ending up in the emergency room. They didn't know what was going on with me. I had scarlet fever and all this stuff. And, 
and end up be, being an infection. I missed the test. I missed it. God knew how to show up to me. I am so stubborn and strong-willed and hard-headed that he had to send a dude in a gym to punch me in the face <laughs> to get my attention. See, you're laughing right now, but I'm being honest. I'd be, I'd be working at a police department right now, and you'd all be like, I don't know where to go to church. I don't know where to go to church. I don't know where to go to church. Come, aren't you glad I listened to the voice of God? Amen? Amen. Great message, Pastor. You can have hope because he shows up the right way. He knows how to show up to you. You can have hope because, lastly, Jesus shows up with the right gifts. Jesus shows up with the right gifts. Let me have the worship team come back up because that's a good sign we're ending. He shows up with the right gifts. He shows up, and listen, listen to what he says. Listen to what the angels say. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest. Listen to what they see. Say, and peace on earth. Why did he say peace? Because there was a lack of peace. There was no peace. There was unrest. There was people traveling from, from, from town to town and city to city and area to area. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And, and they're registering themselves. And, and there was absolutely no peace. But all of a sudden, he shows up right where they are. He shows up in the right way that they can receive him. And then he brings the right gift. He says, peace to you, which gives me hope. Because maybe what I need is not peace, but when he shows up where I'm at in the way that I can receive him, I can trust this, that he's going to give me exactly what I need. Amen. See, there's some of you in here, you, 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 need, you need forgiveness of your sins. Good, he's showing up to you that way. There's some of you in here, you need, you need forgiveness in a relationship. Good, he's going to show up in that way. Some of you, you're in here and you need healing in your body. Guess what? He's going to show up to you that way. Some of you, you need some emotional healing in your life. Guess what? He'll show up to you that way. And because I see that he showed up to the shepherds where they are at and the way they could receive it and with the right gifts that they needed, that gives me hope. And it tells me that he's going to give me exactly what I need. He's going to give me exactly what I need. I, I don't know what you're going through this Christmas. I, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what circumstance, problem, trial. Maybe, maybe you're like, Pastor, everything's going great for me. Awesome. Could we unwrap hope for somebody else? Amen. Could we take this message to somebody else? Because here, here's the thing you need to understand. God wants to use you to be the messenger to somebody else. God wants to use you to be the messenger to somebody else. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.